Greetings in the wonderful name of Jesus. We are so glad that you could join us again tonight for another session in Prophetic by Design. Amen. Uh, tonight I'm going to just be sharing a few thoughts with you and uh, I know we, we, we're having a few guests but they'll be coming in alternate weeks. And But tonight I want to just share a few principles with you. You know, as I was thinking about uh, the year and... Uh, just evaluating from some of the interactions that I had with different believers in different parts of the country and even close to home, even in Durban. You know, one of the things I've, I've realized is that there's a need for us to also emphasize the fundamentals. And so tonight I want to speak about a victorious life is a gift. Amen. Now, you know, one of the things we've been doing throughout the year is I've been giving you tools on how to function in the prophetic and one of the things that I believe is very important when it comes to the prophetic is learning how to declare a word how to make statements of declaration and I believe that statements of declaration has power and has the ability to give life but now the only way you can be able to make these declarations is if you firstly believe it Believing, part of believing means you have to internalize the, the truth that you are confessing out your mouth. By internalizing it, it means that it becomes part of your DNA, part of your character, part of your voc vocabulary, part of everything that you, you do aligns to what you speak and what you say. And so this is what we want to, I want to encourage you tonight and uh, I've been speaking a series at church on, on victorious living, and this is one of the principles that comes out of it, but I want to add in some things that are new. I want to speak tonight, and we're going to start off with a covenant of preservation. I want to declare a few truths over your life uh, that will speak about what God think, thinks about you when it comes to preservation. Let's just bow for a quick word of prayer. Father, we are so grateful for your hand upon us. Thank you that you, every time we call upon you, you hear us and you answer. Thank you that you speak to us. And now, Lord, we pray tonight that there will be a stirring, even in the hearts and the lives of those that would listen. There will be a stirring and an equipping. There will also be an impartation and a transference of anointing, even into the lives of your people. So, Father, bless them as we continue tonight, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, if you have your Bibles, let's just go to Psalm chapter 89, uh, verses 20. Uh, the whole of Psalm chapter 89, uh, David is reflecting on the goodness and the faithfulness of God. He starts off in verse 1, and maybe we can read verse 1, 2, and 3. It says, I will sing of, of the Lord's great love forever, with my mouth I will make known your, your faithfulness through all generations. I will declare your love stands firm forever, that you have established your faithfulness in the heavens itself. You said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one, and I have sworn to David my servant, I will establish your line forever and make your throne firm throughout all generations. As we read this, this is what is based, the declaration 
that David bases is on the truth of what God spoke to him. And he knows that God is a God of his word. His word will not return to him void. But then he, he goes on in verses 20. And this is what the Lord says about David. He says, I have uh, I found my servant David with the sacred oil. I've anointed him. I will sustain him with my sure arm. I will strengthen him. The enemy will not get the better of him. The wicked will not oppress him. I will crush the foes before him. I will strike the adversaries. Uh, my love will be upon him. And then he goes on in verses 34. It says, I will not violate my covenant and I will or, or alter my lips or what my lips have uttered. Amen. Now this is this is important for me. When I look at the blessings in in, in Psalm 89, these are all that God declares over David, and these are words of preservation. It speaks of a covenant of preservation. Now I want to declare like God declared over the life of David, there's a covenant of preservation over your life. There is a mighty shield over everything that is yours, over your life, over everything that God has entrusted into your life. Now, this is what Psalm, Psalm, uh, Psalm 91 says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Almighty shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Amen. Now, your preservation is, is a covenant that cannot be broken. When you dwell under the shadow of the Almighty, you enjoy the protection of God. Preservation, I was speaking a little bit yesterday, preservation is something that you want to keep for a long time, something that you want to enjoy even later. Sometimes we preserve fruit and we preserve, uh, you know, biltong uh, meat so in the form of biltong so we can eat it later we preserve fish in the form of snook and and dried fish so that we can eat it later all of this is preservation is as a way of keeping something or lengthening the lifespan of something amen so there is a covenant of preservation over your life i, I believe that even as you go into this week amen may you enjoy the covenant of preservation over your life amen and 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 this is what happens when god begins to preserve you he preserves you for a particular task and a particular assignment so i want to declare over your life a mark of preservation is on you on your household and over our nation in jesus name amen now this is what when we come and we talk about a victorious life as a gift, 1 John chapter 5 verses 4 says, what, Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, our faith. Again, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. That means if you want to be an overcomer, over the world and, and the world rep represents systems, beliefs, customs, it, 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 everything that the world symbolizes. He says, if you want to be an overcomer of the world, it says, whatsoever is born of God. That means when you come into salvation, when you get born again, there, there is an anointing to overcome the world. 
And then, then he goes on to say, this is the victory that overcomes the world, your faith. Amen. So a key element in living a victorious life is faith. Faith and a victorious life is almost intertwined. Amen. And so the Bible reveals great promises for the victorious life or a glorious victory that we can all enjoy. The victory over sin, the victory over death. Amen. And this is the blessing that the Lord gives you. But the Bible says there are certain principles that are entrenched or required for you to have a victorious life. First thing, first principle is the victorious life is a gift from God and it can only be activated and received in faith. Amen. Let me repeat that. Victorious life is a gift from God and it can only be received and activated by faith. Amen. Like salvation is a gift. You didn't deserve it. You did nothing to earn it. Amen. It's a gift. Victory is also a gift. We cannot obtain it in our own strength. And it is impossible for us to try and obtain it in our own strength. Let's go to, uh, I, I want to read a portion of scripture. And I think this is going to bring this whole aspect of victorious life as a gift. If we go to Hebrews chapter 10, and I want to read from, from verses 1, I think it's going to put a whole perspective into tonight's teaching. It starts off, it says, the law is only a shadow of, of the good things that are coming, not the realities of themselves. Amen. The law is only a shadow of good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year on year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. So, the, the, so this portion of scripture is making reference to Old Testament sacrifice and Old Testament law. And it says the law was a shadow of good things. That means it was, uh, it, it was speaking of what was going to come, but it's not necessarily the reality of what God intended, right? Uh, so, and then it says it was, it, it could not, why it was, was only a shadow, why it was only a temporary solution was because it only lasted from year to year. It, was, it required every year on year sacrifices to be offered. It says, verse 2, or otherwise would they not have stopped being offered for the worshippers would have been cleansed once and for all and would no longer have, have felt guilty for their sins. But those sacrifices are an annual reminder of your sins. It is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offerings you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings you were not pleased. Then I said, Here am I. It is written about me in the scroll. 
I have come to do your will, my God. This is Jesus now responding to the Father, right? He's saying, I have come to do your will, my God. When Christ came into the world, he said, this is what the Bible says in verse 5, he said, sin offerings God did not, uh, sacrifice and offerings you did not desire, but a body you prepared. Amen. That means you're speaking about how Jesus Christ will go to the cross, die, and once and for all, pay. The, the Bible says there is a remission of all of our sins. Then he goes in verse 8. First he said, sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them, though they were offered in accordance to the law. Then he said, here am I, I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Day after day, every priest stands and performs religious duties again and again, offers the same sacrifices, which could never, never take away sins. But when the pre, when this priest had offered for for all time one sacrifice for for all sins, he sat down at the right hand of the Father. Since time, since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Amen. Now this is a very, very powerful understanding. And the reason why I find this to be a, an important thing is because in the lives of believers, sometimes it's, it's possible for us, even although we love God, we've been serving God, we may be Christians for a long time, there may be an element in our hearts and in our lives or even in our thought patterns that has not moved beyond the law. That means sometimes we believe we don't deserve what God has in store for us. So if I talk to you about a principle of victorious living, it, it's not, although it may sound like something you know and you understand, but it, it, it has no real relevance to you because you are still living in the place where you feel I need to do something in order for God to, 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 to give me a breakthrough in this area. I need to do something. Now, this is very much there is in, inculcated in a lot of culture and in a lot of traditional beliefs is a, is, is a thought pattern of that I, if I do something, then God will do this for me. It's almost like a trade-off. I want you to, when you read Hebrews chapter 10, it's telling you of the things that God has already done for you. You stand in the victory of Jesus going to the cross. And, and, and so when you pray, you see, this is, we have to take some keys on how Jesus accessed the Father. When he, when he came to, when he accessed the, the Father through prayer, he, in, in the book of John, he says, Father, I know that every time I call on you, you hear me and you answer. Why? It's out of a relationship. He's standing in the place of understanding that the answer is already coming. The answer is sure. The answer is guaranteed. You see, victorious living 
is is coming is operating from that dimension of of, of, be, of going beyond the cross beyond the veil from the place where you are standing in the very holies of holies the very presence of god and understanding that 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 access that you have means that you've already been sanctified you've already been washed by the blood of jesus you've already already it's been done for you now it's as if you are a son asking of your father not trying to earn a favor not trying to do something in order to please him so that maybe in some way he would do it no 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 jesus said i came to do the will of the Father. My body was that which was prepared. And, and the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that once Jesus paid the price, it was once and for all. Amen. I, I want us to get to that place because, you, you know, one of the, 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 the truths is that although we, we, we say some things, we haven't internalized it. it. These truths haven't become part of our DNA. So therefore, sometimes there is the, the we, we, we can revert back to our old ways of thinking and we could be Christians and yet still hold on to old traditions and, and religious philosophies feeling that maybe there's something else. Now, I, I, I'm not saying that, that there are not things that we should do for the Lord. No, I'm saying to you, you need to be responsible. Is there certain things that blocks you from getting your answers to prayer? Yes. One of, one of the key things is not walking in obedience to God. One of the key things is not doing what pleases the heart of the Father. If the, the Bible says, if, if before you bring your offering, you need to go and make right, repent, ask for forgiveness. So, so go and do those things. You see, sometimes we, we, we want to do the external. We want to do the external things. And here in the book of Hebrews, they're saying to us the external Aspects is not going to deal with. These are heart issues. When you walk in after, after the cross, in that victorious living, that, that lifestyle that God has, has in store for you, the only thing that inhibits you from accessing the throne room of the Father is sin. Is disobedience. Is, is coming to the place of being a, having an unrepentant mind. And having an unrepentant heart. May the Lord help us. Now, this is not a journey you are on alone. This is a journey I am on. It's a journey that every one of us are. We not have arrived. I share this with you as a truth that speaks to me as well. Because we, we all I have to be in this place where we realize that the victorious life is a gift from God. It can only be accessed, as I said, by faith, received through by faith, activated by faith. The, the believer, when they are saved, they receive new life through the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's why, that's why the, the Bible goes on in, in Corinthians and it says, most Christians are sometimes like the foolish, uh, or, or in Galatians it makes this reference, it's like the foolish Galatians. We try through continued flesh works to access God. Victory is the work of our Savior in us. It's not our accomplishment. Our strength is made perfect in weakness. Get, get to that place 
where we are able to become. You see, a lot of our Christian behavior right now is really about coming to the place where we're dying to self. Beyond the cross, you have to come to the place of dying to self. It's not works related. It's dying to the flesh, dying to your thinking, dying to the, 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 your thought patterns, to your feelings and emotions, coming to the place where you become alive to God. As we confess our inability to gain victory, we healed through the mighty power of God. We can gain the victory that God has for us. Amen. This is where you would get a uh, you would get somebody that may be uh, under the influence of alcohol, and they may come into the presence of the Lord and immediately get victory over alcohol in their life. They wouldn't have to go for a detox program. They don't have to go to rehab. From the next day, they could be dry and dry and sober and live a sober life after that with no craving or desire for alcohol or anything else, that any other addictive drug or anything else. God can deliver you. But you see, you got to step into that victorious life. Amen. This, this, cannot, this kind of victory, this kind of victorious life is a gift. As I said, faith does nothing. Faith lets God do it all. That means you're not having to make it work what God said. All you have to do is rely and be confident in the fact that God said it, he's going to do it. The one thing that qualifies you, qualifies you for the indwelling work of God in your life, to see the supernatural grace of God work in your life is a broken spirit and a contrite heart. Now this, I can speak to you, I can share this truth to you, and I pray that in your life you would apply it, that there will be a broken spirit and a contrite heart. The Bible says God in no way will cast out. There is something about it when we come before God and we say, Lord, yet am I. This is me. You're transparent. You're vulnerable. You come before him and you say, there's no heirs. There's nothing I could have done to achieve this or experience it any different. There's that place where we become real. The life after the cross is a life that is transparent before the Lord. Remember the David prays this prayer and he says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me, O God, and know my thoughts. If there be any wicked way in me, remove it. It's a prayer that I try to pray as often as I can. When I'm dealing with, 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 with issues where I feel a conflict between my heart, my mind, and my spirit, I come to the place, Lord, and I say, Lord, I lay this at your feet. Because if I try to reason it, it's not going to make sense to me. If I try to feel it, I may be just going on my emotions. But I want to come to the place where I know what is your, your mind concerning this. And when I engage the spirit of God inside of me, because it's the spirit of God that dwells in you, that will reveal the mind of Christ. I said this a few weeks ago, the spirit of God in you is the mind of Christ. Because the Bible says it is the spirit that searches the deep things of God. 
and makes known the mind of Christ in you. That's why the Bible can go on in Corinthians and say, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. How can the mind of God dwell in you? How can you know the mind of God? It's the spirit that makes it, reveals it to you. I want you to, to understand this. Much of the truths of God's word, you can know you're forgiven. You can know there is no condemnation to Christ. You can have faith and operate on a faith level that is above what you've been operating on. Because if we come to that place where we get our minds renewed, our spirits refreshed, and we are directed, we are led by the Spirit of the Lord. The Bible says, the, or, 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 the point that I want to make is, the one thing that qualifies us for enjoying the hand of God is the indwelling spirit of Christ that lives inside of us. Victory is trusting, not, not trying. See, so much of us want this victorious life, but we're trying. Amen. The, the secret to your victorious life is you identifying with Christ. Paul says it like this, no longer do I live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh is by the grace of God. Throughout, throughout the message of the cross, there are two important truths that is taught. Substitution and identification. To the, to the sinner, we teach substitution. Look and live. That means if you look unto Jesus, you will have eternal life. Amen. To the saints, to the believers, to the child of God, to the sons and daughters of God, we teach identification. We look and we die. Amen. That means we look unto Christ, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, but we learn how to die to self. The Bible says, take up your cross and follow me daily. This is important. We have to, we have to identify as a believer. We have to identify with Christ's death. He died for us. Amen. And his death has set a freeze man from the power of sin and the dominion of sin over our life. Amen. Then we have to identify with Christ's burial. I was buried with Christ. And dead things ought to be buried. Amen. There are some things that we are carrying around that we should have been buried. Amen. And if you're in Christ, and things are dead, it needs to be buried, not resurrected. You don't go resurrect the things that God is trying to kill inside of you. Amen? Then the last one, we have to identify with Christ's resurrection. The Bible in Romans chapter 6 verse 5 says, And we have been risen again with Christ Jesus. But the last thing is that we identify with Christ's with Christ present triumphant life. Amen. The secret of the indwelling Christ in the life of the believer is, is for the purpose of the Lord and the master of our life becoming known and revealed in us. The Bible says we do not know what we shall be, but when he, that means when he comes, we will be like him. Amen. This is an important part. I want to say to you, that victory or a victorious life is a gift. Amen. God's desire for you is to live victoriously. 
I want you to speak that. I want you to declare that over your life. And why can you declare that? Because of who you are in Christ Jesus. It's not by anything you have done. It's not by your works that we are saved. It's not by our, our good deeds that we are saved. It is by that which God works inside of us. I want you to get that into your place, that you're blessed because you are positioned in Christ. You're blessed because God has spoken that over your life because you are connected to him. Amen. May the Lord continue to let truth be revealed and opened over your life. I pray that there will be constantly an open heaven over your life, that you would operate from that place, that I am victorious through Christ. I'm victorious because Christ lives in me. Amen. Let's just bow our heads together. Father, we love you. We adore you. We thank you for this evening, for this moment that we could engage. I pray that there would be a stirring in someone's heart. I pray, Lord, there will just be a reaffirmation. Oh God, there will be a confirming word to somebody, oh God, that may be just going through a difficult part and just lost sight and things have become a little hazy and and the path is not clear. But today, oh God, you said you are the a light unto our path, oh God. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Light the path of your people. Direct their steps. Order their declarations and their, conf and their confessions. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, we look forward to having you join us next week, Monday, same time at 7. I pray that you will be blessed. Have a great week. And remember, God's pres preservation covenant promises are over your life. God bless.